Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Tiefling race. This is part of our race overview series where we go over all the possible player races. And right now we're on the featured races, but not for long. This is the second to last one, the penultimate, if you will. Christian, we got to start off the bat. Tiefling, is that the right way to say it? How do you say it? I say tief. I think it's tiefling. That's how I usually hear it pronounced, and I say tiefling. So we're two for two, so that's 100%, and it's truth now. <laughs> and that's how math works, folks. Tieflings are the blood of demons or some sort of evil creature like that mixed with humans. Always humans, of course. It can be from a variety of sort of devil creatures that can do this. There's like a list of like eight or nine types of creatures that could have made you some sort of devil person, this tiefling. So you, as varied as there are... Creatures that could father you or sire you, there is ways you can look. You can like, ooh, look, I have red skin and super cool devil horns and I happen to be pretty. Or I can be ugly person who like I have pale, almost see-through skin with kind of asymmetrical horns on my face and I'm just angry at everybody. It can be anything you want it to be for that kind of devil theme, which is great. You want that variety so you can make your character look just like you want them to look. But what is the limitations? What do they look like? No two tieflings do look alike. Their fiendish blood running through their veins manifests inconsistently, granting them an array of fiendish traits. One tiefling might appear as a human with small horns, a barbed tail, and oddly colored eyes. Every, every BC likes oddly colored eyes. While another might manifest a mouth of fangs, tiny wings, and claws. And yet another might possess the perpetual smell of blood, foul incenses, and brimstone. Typically, these qualities harken back to some in some way, to the manner of fiend that spawned the tiefling's bloodline, but even the admixture of human and fiendish blood is rarely ruled by the same mortal laws. And the vast flexibility produces in tieflings is a thing of wonder, running the gamut from oddly beautiful to utterly terrible. I always thought it was gambit, not gamut. I've learned something new today. I find it almost funny that they say that no two tieflings look alike when I think... When I think of, like, what comes to mind immediately for tiefling, I have a stronger image and stereotype for that than I have for any other race. It's a red-skinned guy with horns and a tail. That's, like, the default. Like, that is the number one image you will ever see for Tiefling. There is an image in the in Advanced Race Guy where they usually show a male and female, and the female one has the red skin, the goat hooves, the horns on the top of the head to resemble the goat. Uh, but I never knew that there was any sort of stereotype for them. I mean, that, that, that's typic- that is typically what I see. The, uh, the Tybalt-looking guy, for anyone that plays Magic, the Red skins, two horns, and typically a tail. Very menacing looking. Does he have a spiked fork? Sometimes. Is is that something they use? No, I'm just thinking of like a typical devil thing. Oh. Oh. Or he's got a pitchfork? Mm-hmm. But how old can they be, Christian? This is the answer. This is the question we need to know. This is the most important question. I cannot possibly go on unless we answer this question. You see that they're adults at 20 years, middle-aged at 35, old at 53, venerable at 70. They can live up to 90 years. Which is the same as the last guy we just covered, the Tengu. That's like the same as human, right? That's that's really surprising because fiends, you know, devils, demons, daemons, they live forever. And if we look at, oh wait, no, Asimar also only live that same amount of time. So I guess any, humans just ruin everything with their life, their short, short <laughs> lifespans. You say Asimar, is this like uh, the analog, the evil version of the Asimar? Yeah, Asimar can be the descendants of any you know, good outsiders, your angels, and your, I always forget the names of all the other ones, but you know, your neutral good, your chaotic good. Archons. Archons, that's one of the other ones. Tieflings are the analog to that. Gotcha. But twice as edgy. (laughs) 
They can grow from five foot to six foot six inches, and they weigh between 130 and 220 pounds. A little bit less for the females. I'm getting tired of it. There's like what we reach one race where it's like the women are bigger. That's actually a that's a pretty big differential in height. Five foot to six foot six. That's I think that's like the biggest spread we've seen. Or I could be completely wrong, and it's probably just human. Well, let's get past the snarky comments where people, where I said that people actually cared about their ages and stuff. Let's talk about the stats. Tell, talk to me about their ability to score racial traits. Tieflings are quick in body and mind, but they are inherently strange and unnerving. They gain a plus two dexterity bonus, intelligence bonus, and a minus two charisma bonus. So what does that lend them to? It's a strange spread. Um, dexterity intelligence, so intelligence-based casters. Dexterity obviously lends yourself to things like rogues, fighters, swashbucklers. The only thing that really crosses between dexterity and te- intelligence is, I want to say, investigator, and sometimes rogues. And the minus two charisma typically just means you're going to be avoiding stuff like sorcerers. Which surprises me. I think of a demon-blooded sorcerer more than I think of a demon-blooded wizard, but I yeah, I was going to bring that up because in most other, you know, fantasy RPGs that have something akin to the tiefling, typically they have a high charisma. They are known to be more charismatic. They are usually making seen as making packs or something like that, or is that it comes from sure. that part of their lineage. They make packs, mm-hmm. they seduce people, they bring them over to their way of thinking. So I, I do find it... The incubus. Yeah. I, I find it strange that in Pathfinder they decided to give them a minus two to charisma. I guess just because they're weird people to humans. Yeah, when you look like a demon and you're trying to offer a deal, they're going to be like, hmm, well, let me reconsider. (laughs) Maybe if you were a real demon. (laughs) Tieflings are outsiders with a native subtype. Tieflings are medium creatures. They have base speed of 30 feet. They begin play speaking common in either Abyssal or Infernal. Abyssal being, I believe, the chaotic evil demon language and Infernal being the lawful evil devil language. Tieflings with high intelligence scores can choose from the following languages. Abyssal, Draconic, Dwarven, Elven, Gnome, Goblin, Halfling, Infernal, and Orc. Wow, this looks interesting, Christian. Fiendish Resistance. Tieflings have Cold Resistance, Electricity Resistance, and Fire Resistance 5. On its face, that looks powerful to me. The Asimar had something very similar, if I recall correctly. The Asimar had... Celestial resistance, which was acid, cold, and electricity. But yeah, I mean, they're both strong races, so I, I think this is also very strong. Yeah, they're 13 RP, so... Fire is probably going to be, you know, the most common one you come across. That's the most mundane and, you know, seen the most in campaigns, I feel. Also one that makes sense, being from your infernal blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, tieflings have the skilled racial trait, where they receive a plus two racial bonus on both bluff and stealth checks. They get a spellic ability, they can use darkness once per day. That's incredibly strong, especially because next they get dark vision. So <laughs> right there, that's actually insanely powerful. If you're fighting something without dark vision, once per day the tiefling can invalidate that enemy or that fight. And even in RP scenarios, um, that's incredibly powerful. You're not a magic user, but you can just use this spell once per day. Did somebody say magic user? Because they have fiendish sorcery. Tiefling sorcerers with the abyssal or infernal bloodlines treat their Christmas scores two points higher for all sorcerer class abilities. Uh, they would need that to be a sorcerer given that they have a minus two charisma. It's like saying, hey, you should try to do this, but don't try to do this. <laughs> it nets to zero, which is fine. Well, if you don't like some of these powerful racial traits, we have alternate racial traits, Christian. These are, cra- these are traits that are alternate. They are not the same. They are different. But they could be if you want them to be, or they could not be if you did not want them to be. It could be a yes, it could be a no. It's all up to you, the player. 
They better have some good ones because these are some strong racial traits. Alternate not being the same as before, but different. So you mean... You can choose yes, or you can choose no. They're similar. I'm not going to stop interrupting you. This is the rest of the episode. You're saying they're similar Notice that it's two hours long. It's because it's just Christian trying to say something and me saying that you could choose yes or you could choose no. No, you found you found the flaw in my thing. If you don't talk, I can't interrupt you. You've ruined everything. How am I supposed to continue interrupting you? Christian, no, please don't leave me. I need you. No one's going to listen to just me. I'm not funny enough. Christian, please don't Christian, please don't go. I won't, I won't interrupt you anymore. Christian, please. The best thing would be if all of a sudden I just heard the disconnect sound from Discord. <laughs> Their first uh, alternate racial trait is Beguiling Liar. This is going to replace Skilled, so the plus two to Bluff and Stealth. Many tieflings find that the best way to get along in the world is to tell others what they want to hear. These tieflings' practice of telling habitual falsehoods grant them a plus four racial bonus on bluff checks to convince an opponent that what they are saying is true when they tell a lie. That is a really verbose way to say they get it on lying. (laughs) (laughs) When they're saying it and it's not true, it's the other thing where it's false. It's almost like you could choose yes or no. Uh, They heard my joke and they said, we should put this in a feat. Uh, alternate racial trait. They also have fiendish sprinter. A lot of words fiend in the tieflings. Some tieflings have feet that are more bestial than human. Whether their feet resemble those of a clawed predator or the cloven hooves common to many of their kind, tieflings with this trait gain a 10-foot racial bonus to their speed when using the charge run or withdrawal actions. This replaces skilled. It's all right. If you're a fighter, you're going to use a lot, I guess. Uh, the next racial trait is technically two possible racial traits it's maw or claw and this is going to replace the darkness spell like ability so this better be insanely powerful some tieflings take on the more bestial aspects of their fiendish ancestors these tieflings exhibit either powerful toothy maws or dangerous claws the tiefling can choose a bite attack that deals 1d6 points of damage or two claw attacks that each deal 1d4 points of damage these attacks are primary natural attacks if you choose the bite and you're, say, like a fighter, you're basically getting a free secondary natural attack with your full round action. So I think this is powerful enough to replace the darkness. I always like natural attack build. We saw a lot of them with the anthropomorphic races. I'm glad we can see some other ones. This one makes sense to me. But going even beyond that, they have a prehensile tail. Many tieflings have tails, but some have long, flexible tails that can be used to carry items. While they cannot wield weapons with their tails, they can use them to retrieve small, so objects carried on the persons as a swift action. This replaces fiendish sorcery. This is perfect if you're not at all going to be a sorcerer, which is only one of like the 20 classes available. And what I like about this is more, I mean, I don't really like saving my players, you know, what action is that? Oh, well, I had it quickly stored. Oh, so I can do blah, blah, blah. I don't really worry about that part, but I think it's really good for the role-playing aspect of things to have almost a third hand. Their next alternate racial trait is scaled skin. This is going to replace the fiendish resistance racial trait. The skin of these tieflings provides some energy resistance, but it is also as hard as armor. Choose one of the following energy types, cold, electricity, or fire. A tiefling with this trait gains resistance 5 in the chosen energy type and also gains plus 1 natural armor bonus to their AC. So, not terrible. You're Of the 3 resistances, you basically drop 2 of them for plus 1 AC. Not complaining. I mean, the resistance is really powerful, but you'll probably just keep the fire and move on. I agree. They're soul seer. Rare tieflings have a peculiar sight that allows them to see the state of a creature's soul. They can use a death watch at will as a spell like ability. This replaces their other spell like ability and fiendish sorcery racial traits. So it's replacing two of them. I don't know how important death watch is. I haven't really seen it much in my games, probably to my own, you know, faults. 
but how good is that? Deathwatch is the one that, like, you basically metagame how many hit points they have if they're under half health. Um, I think this is really flavorful. I like the idea that you're someone that can constantly do this. You know when someone's on the threshold between life and death. You know when someone's weak and can be hunted down. It's not particularly powerful. The Antwill aspect, I think, is important. I like that a lot. And, I mean, I you say it's not powerful, but I find myself as a GM many times saying, like, my players want to know how bad is he. I hear that all the time. And so it's if it's good, it's somebody said, how bad is he? Can I just get his actual hit points? I have Deathwatch. Sure. I find that to actually be very helpful to me as a GM, as well as the players are constantly looking for that sort of thing. But Caleb, how will you cheat and add more hit points when they kill it too fast? When they know how many <laughs> hit points it has? <laughs> that, that would be a problem for me. Oh, no. <laughs> the De- Deathwatch. New house rule. Can't pick Deathwatch. Something <laughs> happened. It's all gone. Their last alternate racial trait is vestigial wings and this is going to replace the skilled racial trait some tieflings possess a pair of undersized withered or stunted wings like a mockery of those of their fiendish forebearer is that the word you're looking for earlier caleb yes forebearer it was the listeners don't know because i would edit out all my mistakes (laughs) so i sound perfect but yes sometimes these wings are leathery like those of a bat other times they are covered with a scattering of black red or violet feathers rare manifestations could take even more bizarre forms These wings do not provide the lift required for actual flight, but do have enough power to aid flight attained by some other method, and grant a plus four racial bonus on fly skill checks. I like the idea. I like the idea of, like, tattered wings that you can't use. I like that a lot. Why? Why does every alternate racial trait that has something to do with flying never give you fly as a class skill? This bothers me so very much. (laughs) They never... It's a good question. Only spellcasters get fly as a. Uh, but what does it matter? Like a class skill is only getting. It's what giving you. It's a, plus three. A plus two. So this is giving you. It's better than a class skill. But if it was both, it would be a plus seven. Right. Well, they're not going to give you a plus seven, Christian. Be happier if it just made it a class skill. Won't be as cool. Doesn't, flying doesn't even do anything on itself. You need something to activate it. You need this helps source. whether or not you already have fly as a class skill. I mean, yeah, it does. But if you don't have fly as a class skill, how are you going to achieve flight? I don't know if you're somebody like the Asimar, you can get wings. How much you want to bet? I don't know this. I actually really don't know this. That there's a feat here that's going to let him fly. Uh, I think Tieflings get something like that, but that's what I'm saying. Magic I, I just, items. I just don't find it fair that only spellcasters are allowed to be really good at flying. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I, I hate I, spellcasters and I hate everything. Well, later on, we are going to be getting to, uh, right after our next episode, we're going to get off to some uncommon races that have wings and we're going to see i bet they have it as a class skill just based on their race i hope so a race skill as it were i got two archetypes the fiend flare for the magus and the fiendish vessel for the cleric Ooh, i like the idea of a of a, a tiefling cleric let's talk about their feats right after we hear this ad that we worked very hard on so pl- please like it i need i need this i need this uh this fulfillment i need you guys to tell me how good i am i'm this crippling anxiety it's too much for me please just say you did a good job caleb Wow, that seemed like you put a lot of effort, and I'm rewarding it with a, a positive comment. All right, let me just pop these in here. Turn on the TV. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just heating up some Totino's pizza rolls and getting ready to watch the big game. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. 
It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like the mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving season one a listen. You can listen to Trailblazers on this very feed. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, put on your favorite jersey, grab some dice, and join us. All right, Christian, I got some chips and some sandwiches, but there's still one thing I don't understand. You said we were going to get to see some players beat up on each other, but I haven't seen them even break out the dice yet. Caleb, you know this is a real-life football game, right? We're not about to watch a bunch of guys play an RPG. I mean, who would want to just sit and listen to a bunch of guys play an RPG? Yeah, <laughs> who, who, would, who would want to do that? All right, we're back. Let's talk about their feats, Christian. The first feat tieflings have to pick from requires no prerequisites. It's called Armor of the Pit. Your fiendish traits take the form of a protective scaly skin. Very, put very simply, you gain plus two natural armor bonus. Hey, that's pretty good. If you happen to pick that racial trait that says you get plus one natural armor bonus and then uh, energy resistance five to one of the three energy types, you instead gain energy resistance five in the two other resistances you already don't have. I don't like that. What if I still want the plus two? Yeah, I know. Why Why? Why would I ever pick this in that case? The gym might be nice enough to say, yeah, sure, you can just take the plus two. But typically, your feats that you pick that increase your AC only increase it by one. This is increasing it by two, and it's a natural armor bonus, so that applies to your flat-footed AC. It, this is really strong. It's twice as good as most AC perks. Expanding on fiendish resistances, there is this feat called Expanded Fiendish Resistance. Pick one of the following energy types that you do not already have resistance to, acid, coal, electricity, or fire. You gain resistance 5 to the energy type. You can take this feat multiple times. Each time you do pick another energy type you do not have resistance to, you gain 5 to the energy type. Christian, if I could steal a term for you, this is garbage. <laughs> That's not a lot of bang for your buck. I'm trying to think if there's other feats that grant you energy resistance, and I want to say there's not. Would I take a feat that says you gain energy resistance 5 of your choice? Maybe. It's, it's hard to say, but if you're someone that already has the fiendish resistance, are you really going to spend a feat just to make sure you have that cold resistance 5? I wouldn't worry about it that much. Normally, it's bad when you have to, you know, it's like this feat does what one of the alternate racial traits could have done, but this feat does what, a, what one of your racial traits already does, but it does it one-fourth of the way there. So you have to pick it three times so that you can have the other alternate racial trait that replaces it and have the equivalent of the racial trait. That's stupid. That's You're paying three feats for what you can have for one racial trait. Get out of, get out of my life. Yeah, I would honestly never take it. Get out of my life. The next feat is called Fiend Sight. Your eyes develop keener sight in dim light and darkness. They, do, they don't like making verbose descriptions for the tiefling. These are all like one sentence. <laughs> your eyes don't see good. <laughs> The only prerequisite is that you don't replace your dark vision, which I don't think you even could, so good luck with that. <laughs> uh, you gain it's, They're future-proofing. There's a lot of books and stuff to give you extra fiendish um, tiefling changes. True, and you know they're going to have a lot of splat books about tieflings. You gain low-light vision, and your dark vision improves to 120 feet, which doubles the range. Special? Special little note? You can take this feat twice. When you take it a second time, you gain the Sea and Darkness Universal Monster ability. Whoa. Anything that gives you a monstrous ability, you need to heavily consider, is that balanced? And that is incredibly strong. I'm pretty sure seeing darkness means you can see in literally any darkness, even magical darkness, even, like, nonsense darkness. 
usually this is like wow, I mean, it's two feet, but that's really important. Unfortunately, if you you, you get you got to learn your GM. If you're playing with a guy like me, I so often forget about the light level all the time, unless it's like one specific. Like in this battle, this wizard's going to do darkness. I'm going to build a whole encounter around darkness. Unless it's that, I always forget about it. So it's powerful if your GM isn't a moron like me. If your GM's the kind of jerk that throws you into fights where spellcasters stack deeper darkness, you want this. Uh, Caleb, I've always wondered this. I've never cared enough to ask. Maybe you can explain it to me. If you have dark vision, why would you ever want low light vision? I don't understand why you get low light vision with this. Isn't dark vision just straight superior? Like, if you're in low light and not darkness, are, are you? Are, can you just not see as a tiefling? I don't understand. So there's two, like, schools of thought on this one. Dark vision says that it's the ability to see with no light source at all. So if you're a stickler for verbiage, that be if there's any light source at all, your dark vision doesn't apply. I don't think a lot of people subscribe to that. The other one that at least I can say I lean more towards is the idea that um, dark vision is black and white only. It states that low light vision is colors. You can discern colors and such as that. Mm, okay. So why would you want to have low light vision as well as dark vision? While it's not going to help you see anything you couldn't see before, that like it exists, you can now understand color in detail. Mm, okay, okay. So now there's grasping tail. This is the last one. You get to use your tail to grab stowed items. While you cannot wield weapons with your tail, you can use it to retrieve small stowed objects carried on your person. Swift action. This sounds familiar. If you have a prehensile tail racial trait, you can use your tail to grab unattended items within five feet. It's a swift action, as well as to grab stowed objects carried on your person. You can hold such objects with your tail, though you cannot manipulate them with your tail other than to put them in your hand. Very, very particular circumstances it would be helpful. Like, oh, he drops the thing that everybody's been looking for, and you can still attack and grab it. Not really worth the feet, in my humble opinion. Especially if you just want the racial trait. It's like, ah, feet for a racial trait. I actually really like this one, if only because one time I made a build that was a tiefling where he would disarm people and then grab their items with his tails. His tail. <laughs> okay, well there we go. Another very specific set of circumstances, but I'll give that to you. There's some things that you really only have to be holding for them to activate. I know there's some cheesy builds that use this. I want to say maybe meta magic rods. You just kind of have to hold them. I don't remember. Don't quote me on that. But I do remember this being something where people are like, well, technically, because you're holding it with your tail, you can two-hand this weapon and hold the other thing in your tail, and now it all works. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Okay. But keep that in mind. There's probably some cheese to do with this because you you count as holding the object in your tail. So they've got, uh, of all their racial items, not a lot, but two seem to be interesting to me, and it's the two magic items. The Dark Sire Amulet, which is 9,000 gold pieces. This increases all of your resistances. Um, I should not say all your resistances. All the resistances you've gotten with your feats or racial trait, the electricity, the fire, the cold, uh, by five. And it gives you a plus four bonus on diplomacy skill checks made to influence evil outsiders. I'll say the second part probably isn't as important unless you're doing a campaign very directed towards that. But for what this book is like trying to say, hey, take these feats to get these resistances... If you find it that important, spend that 9,000 gold, don't replace your original racial trait, and all of a sudden you've got resistance 10 to those three things, and that seems very powerful to me. That seems worth the money. The little bonus to diplomacy checks against evil outsiders is actually very relevant if you are a spellcaster that plans on doing things like um, like um, summon planar ally, and you're going to be summoning like fiends, demons, and such. You need to make some sort of diplomacy check for them to you know actually help you after you summon them so that would help <laughs> a lot 
Next one's strange. It's called the Halo of Inner Calm. I didn't think of Tieflings having a Halo item. 16,000 gold. This silvery ring looks like a halo. When worn by a tiefling, it hovers just above their head, though it still uses the head magic item slot. It helps to calm the baser emotions and the dark whispers that plague tieflings, granting the wearer a plus four resistance bonus on saving throws against all spells with the emotion descriptor. The most common descriptor of spells. (laughs) When worn by a tiefling of good alignment, it provides spell resistance 13 against spells with the evil descriptor and a plus two sacred bonus on saving throws, which I think that just says all saving throws. So that's actually insanely powerful if you are a good tiefling. Especially because it'll stack with other things because it's a sacred bonus. Yeah, it'll stack with your cloak of resistance that you surely have. Um, so that's that's actually insanely powerful and very flavorful. I like the idea of like you're trying to tame your base demonness, Right. But still, like, super edgy. I can't get over how edgy that is. I would never let anyone wear this in my campaign. <laughs> oh, Christian. I gotta say, the more I look at this art of the, the girl that's got, like, the goat devil-looking thing, I really like it. She looks really cool. She's this long hair, these awesome robes. I like it a lot. Man, you guys need to get this book just to look at this art. So, Christian, what do you think about the tiefling? The tiefling is... A, powerful. I, I think it's hard to doubt that they're powerful. They have a lot of very powerful traits right out of the box. They have a good stat spread. They're very flavorful. I just fear they, they it's hard for me to get over, and this is my personal problem, but like just the edginess of it all. They tend to be very, very edgy characters. It's very difficult to avoid, but obviously that's not something wrong with the tiefling at all. That's just, you know, me and the people that I see that do it, and the people I choose to hang out with, <laughs> apparently. Sure. Yeah, like, I, I, I totally enjoy the edginess. When we read that book, Bloodbound, for our series, uh, reading the Pathfinder books, I remember, like, a lot of your time, I was like, this is edgy, and, like, I'm not so interested. While well, that edgy character ended up being my favorite character, I really enjoy, like, those edgy things. Uh, I'm sure sometimes to my detriment in role-playing, but I do enjoy it a lot, so it's a preference thing, I believe. And I like that, you know, Paizo specifically calls out in that description, like, you know, tieflings can really look like anything, because the creatures of the abyss and the creatures of hell, they have incredibly varied appearances and abilities. But even when I look up Paizo's official art for the tiefling, they all look the same. None of them have anything, you know, particularly unexpected going on, whereas, you know, chaotic evil creatures of the abyss have such varied appearances they, they, they're trying too hard to make them look attractive they all look you know despite being devilish or chaotic evil demon they're all still very attractive they, they have that myasuda charisma they should be unattractive and that's what i do like i like the unattractive you know very downtrodden kind of tiefling that's what i like well, I like the attractive tiefling, Christian. I don't want to be a PC that's not attractive. I like looking pretty because I'm not in real life. I need to be able to have to live out that fantasy somewhere. Uh, this art that I like so much, this girl looks very pretty. The guy, though, he does not. Yes, they look too fashionable. They're, they're making being a demon fashionable, and should you see be. the girl one? Uh, is she like? Does she have her arms out and she's wearing blue yeah. and yellow robes? Yes. She's beautiful. That's not beautiful. a demon. Who would who would be like, oh, wow, minus two to charisma. I don't like you. It's like, no, look. All right, listen, cool. charisma doesn't mean you're unattractive. <laughs> it means you're unnerving. It says, as for Paizo, they are unnerving. Well, I'm sorry. I'd be a little unnerved with goat-leg red skin lady that looks like the devil trying to be friendly to look me. I might distrust out. her based just on her appearance. I yes, do- yes. I might be a little prejudiced based on her appearance if I was in the Galarian world, Christian. 
I'd give I don't her see a hug. Art I would totally give her a hug. She got the out- outstretched arm. She's like, "Come here, bring it in." <laughs> uh, but I don't think Christmas square doesn't mean you could be attractive. Regardless of all this, we're actually we're we're skirting around and we're talking about what I like best about the tiefling, in my humble opinion. Aside from that, they're very good. I think their 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 um, RP well reflected thirteen is I like the idea of changing your appearance, and they had a lot of alternate racial traits and a few feats that let you do that. That I love. I love that so much. When I look into making uh, alternate racial traits, I don't so much look into the stats. I try to do the. That's where I try to get the flavor of my character. Uh, I, I use everything else, the feats and all that stuff. I may I don't try to pick bad ones. I try to pick ones that are, are work well mechanically. This is where I can really have some real RP time uh, when I create my characters, and I like the idea of I want to have uh, you know weird hooves i'm going to take that alternate racial trait or if i want to have claws i'm going to take that alternate racial trait i want to have a vestigial tail or not vestigial tail um prehensile tail i'll pick that one i like that idea and something I, i'm just uh, seeing here i'm not i don't know a lot about it so you guys will have to do some research on your own but there's all additional content here that allows you to really look up uh, a change how you want your guy to look i see a hundred different options you roll on the table to have things as such as uh, undersized limb, emaciated, frog-like, uh, bl- uh, blunt teeth, uh, an exoskeleton, external organ, uh, no shadow, no reflection, missing joint, inhuman voice, animate hair, uh, smoking, glowing, all of these kind of things, and you just roll it. I, I love that idea. This is, I'm glad whatever this content is, I wish I knew what it came from. See Blood of Fiends. Blood of Fiends. This is really cool. I like this. A lot, and that's really they're they're trying to use it for your NPCs, but your PCs can use it too. When I look at all the fiends, I look at them cool. I'm like, man, I want to play this as a, a monster race, as a monster player race. I really want to do this. The Tiefling allows you to do that without having to worry about those really difficult stats to balance with PC races. If I want to look like that oil oozing dude, I feel like there might be that option available, maybe with the additional content, and the Tiefling will allow me to do that. That's what I like most about the Tiefling, and in all that, I'm not sacrificing. Um, their stats. They could still be viable characters. I think one of the things I like most about the Tiefling, I guess this would also work with the Asimar, is that it very much rewards players that research their character's background. If you go in and look at, like, you know, the creatures of the Abyss or wherever you want your Tiefling to be from, and you look into how the hierarchy of all that works and the things that they do and the way they look like, and you manifest that in your character... It, it really does reward your player. They can really reach out and dive really deep to make a very fleshed out character with Tiefling just because, you know, the whole realm of fiendish things has just so much material to pull from. And I like all, I like all these, like, ugly little, you know, extra nipple kind of things. Like, that's ugly. Animalistic. That's ugly. Pincers. That's incredibly ugly. Why do you want them to be ugly so bad? Because that's because they're all Why do so you hate attra- beautiful people? They're all so attractive. Why are they so attractive? They shouldn't be. There you go. I've sent, I've sent Christian the picture that's in the art of the Pathfinder book. That is not attractive. I mean, I wouldn't say he's particularly unattractive. He's I mean, got horns only on half the side of his head. Still fashionable. Not <laughs> well, ugly enough. You, listen, you can be very ugly and still be fashionable. <laughs> I am living proof of that. I wore a suit every day to college. All right, next and last in our featured races is the Undying to complete this quadfecta of elemental-based races. This is your water race. I'm looking forward to seeing how they really 
have them without them just like oh my blood is water please don't cut me open oh gosh i'm dead i want i'm I'm looking forward to seeing how they make them how they reflect their history in them yeah we saw the you know the orage were calm and slow to spur the ifrits were you know quick to action and excitable the sylphs were secretive and not secretive but well yeah curious and they didn't like people asking they didn't want to be seen as different right they wanted to fit in right um, I'm curious to see as where they go with the Undine, how they represent water as compared to all the other elements. Undine? I say Undine. Oh, we're going to have another battle. Get ready for a brawl next week. Buy your tickets. <laughs> we'll see you guys then. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our site, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. Hey, Jacob, you want to play some D&D tonight? I can't. Uh, I have to go make love to my wife tonight. You know, I don't even know if I love her anymore. I don't really know her. Like, what am I gonna do? Someone should tell Jacob that people change, and it takes effort to stay connected with someone. But in the meantime, the fellows at Tales from the Lich always stay connected through gaming and friendship. When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com Hey, uh, happy Valentine's Day.